Welcome back to Recalibre Agency. I'm your host, Danielle Photo, joined today by Jeff Mead. He's the president of Mead, which is a management consultancy for marketing agencies. And today we're going to dive into how to find new clients and increase recurring revenue for your marketing agency. Welcome, Jeff. Will you tell us a little bit about your background, where you've been, where you've come from, and where you're going next? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. It's good to be here. So Mead, as you said, is a management consultancy for marketing agencies. And what I do is I help marketing agencies with their positioning. I help them with their operations. And I also do coaching for owners and leaders of marketing agencies. So in a nutshell, that's kind of the gamut of what I do for agencies. Thanks, Jeff. And you and I really are passionate about a lot of the same topics, which is why I really wanted to have this conversation mm -hmm. because you also have identified ways that marketing agencies are not quite capitalizing on potential revenue and you're helping combat that problem too. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, so what do you see as some of the primary missed opportunities for agencies as they're marketing and growing their businesses? Ooh, how long we got? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunities, right? And and it's just, I think agencies have a challenge of where to prioritize, right? So there could be the, you know, do we invest in thought leadership? Are we should we be going to conferences? Uh, what should we be doing on social media? What should our SEO look like? So you know, there's tons of different things you can do. It, it's really about prioritizing and figuring out what makes sense for your personality. And also what makes sense for the audience that you're trying to reach. Especially the audience, because part of marketing is going where the audience is and building that trusting relationship, right? right. So it all starts with knowing the audience, which as agencies, we're really good at doing for clients, but historically we tend to be pretty bad at it for ourselves. Yes. And so how do you recommend people can go about changing some of their mindsets in what they look at as opportunities for partnering or collaborating or building up thought leadership outside of just producing content? Yeah, my my priorities always, or, or what I always recommend is definitely, you know, focus on you, the agency leader, your agency as an expert. And so that usually boils down to thought leadership. You know, if there's one thing I, I generally recommend and prioritize is if you can put out anything close to a research study of some sort, that really shows that you understand the marketplace, that you're leading a conversation uh, for your customers, for your clients. I think that's when they start to see you differently, right? They don't start to see you as just a vendor, but they start to see you as a strategic advisor. And so whatever you can do to get yourself in that position, that's usually what I advise. But for the most part, that's going down the road of, are we creating uh, research? Something that only we have, you know, we're not regurgitating what's already out there. We're not curating content that they can easily search on the web or through chat GPT. Like you got to create something that's distinct, that has your own voice and that they can't get somewhere else. It truly has to be unique content and a, a true value add to the industry by answering what what questions can't be answered currently is what it sounds like you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Do you think that um, 
the content saturation problem, especially as AI is disrupting the space, do you think that it's still possible to generate thought leadership through content? I think, yeah, I absolutely think so. And and I don't think, I think there's a saturation problem with content that sucks, right? (laughs) You know, the stuff that's actually valuable, I don't think we have enough of that. Uh, When people do find content sources that are valuable, they latch onto them, right? They'll subscribe to those newsletters. They'll listen to those podcasts. You know, when you find something that truly adds value, you will go back to it again and again. But the stuff that you can easily outsource to a content farm or any of that stuff, yeah, there's going to be tons of that and we're going to see a lot more of it, but it's not valuable. And if that's all you're pushing out, then you're really not going to get in front of the customer. And, mm-hmm. and it shows that you're not really invested in being in front of the customer, if that's the strategy, if you, if you truly don't want to invest in putting stuff out there that's valuable for your client. Yeah, it makes you look more like a churn and burn agency as opposed yeah. to a strategic advisor that's invested in an industry. Um, so how can agencies... Well, let me back up a little bit. So mm-hmm. many agency owners struggle with capacity and time and not having enough time to dedicate to thought leadership. And mm-hmm. they want more of that for their agency. They're struggling to get systems in place for that. How do you recommend they go about doing that? Yeah, and this is going to sound overly simple, but but you have to treat your your agency like a client. Right. And, and whatever that means in your system, right? Like if you have to create a project number in, in your software, in your project software, and tr- truly treat yourself like a client, it's just what you're going to have to do. And you're going to have to budget hours for some people on your team to actually do work that that's going to help you get business in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't only just work on the clients who are in front of you. You're, you're going to have to invest some time so that you can truly get clients that you want to work with in the future, Absolutely. I kind of want to take that one step further because if you focus your mindset of your agency as being actually an anchor client, as opposed to just a regular client Mm. and you're dedicating the right time and your top people to some of the efforts for your agency, you will see exponential value in your thought leadership efforts. What, what would you add to that? Absolutely. And I, and I think what you also start to see is you actually get the clients you truly want to get, right? There's far too often there's clients on your roster who you don't really want, but you've kind of said yes to because you got to pay overhead or you have this payroll you got to reach. But I think the more you invest in the thought leadership, increasingly you start seeing that the people you want to work with are more attracted to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've talked about client acquisition, but what about the clients that are already working with your agency, what are some of the ways that we as agency owners can increase our recurring revenue and our repeat business from our existing customer base? Yeah, you know, I I think one thing there is really just around like client feedback programs, like really doing surveys or if it's not surveys, just making sure you have structured conversations. But essentially what you want to do is you want to get insight from your clients and, and really just see how have you been doing, you know, what did they think of the last project you did? How have they felt working with your account reps? You want to get all that information and make sure that if something goes south, you kind of see signals ahead of time. 
And I think when you start doing that, that feedback, that research, it shows that you care and you can start to see where they, that, that insight also shows you opportunities where there might be business down the road. And, and I don't think you do it to seek out business, but I think what naturally happens when you have those conversations about, Hey, how have we been serving you? Is that naturally they'll start saying, you know, we're actually interested in this, or we've been thinking about this. So you get to spot opportunities ahead of time. And I think that leads you down this path of, wow, we got this new opportunity. This is a way for us to increase, you know, customer lifetime value. You know, you start thinking like that. You're so right. And a bonus of creating those feedback loops for customer feedback is you'll actually start to learn more about your primary competitors too, because they'll start to compare you as they are going through information. So you'll learn more about how to better position your agency, some of the messaging that you can use to really resonate with your ideal customers as well. So Mm -hmm. there's the two-edged sword in that one tactic that you can implement. What do you, what do you think about, um, partnerships and partner marketing. I love partner marketing. I, and I don't think enough agencies do it. You know, what some people may see as competitors, I see as opportunities to go after bigger clients. Uh, And, and naturally what you don't want to do is go with somebody who looks exactly like you, right. But, but somebody who can complement, you know, some of your weaknesses or just make you look stronger to a potential client. And I don't think agencies do enough of that. We we tend to see everybody as a threat, you know, mm-hmm. and, and everyone is not a threat. And I think there's a lot of learning that can be had just from having open conversations and, you know, not open to the point where you're giving away the secret sauce, but, but really throwing it out there to see if folks are interested in collaborating and seeing what that might look like. Mm-hmm. I think. I think those conversations are really, you know, sets the stage for lots of agencies four or five years down the road, because lots of times anybody who's thinking about acquiring an agency or being acquired, lots of times it's your competitors and, and you see that they may have something you don't. And so it's a natural fit. Mm -hmm. Or you're one piece of the large marketing service provider puzzle and they're trying to acquire to then offer that to their audience too. So it fits in there. Um, yeah, I mean, listeners of this show know I have other coaches on all the time because I believe in collaborating and sharing ideas and exchanging Mm -hmm. concepts and, Jeff and I, we look super similar. I mean, we practically have the same hairstyle, so (laughs) If you're listening to this audio, Jeff is bald. So that's, that's why that's funny. Um, so what does it look like to identify potential partners? Cause I think that's where a lot of people that own agencies get tripped up is differentiating between like who they should actually start reaching out to. How do you advise in those scenarios? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the easiest way I've seen it done is, is when people are going after really big bids and And when you're going after like a big proposal, you'll look at your bench and start to say, there's some things on here we truly can't do, right? You may say to yourself, we can figure it out. Or you can take that Hollywood approach where you start saying, well, who are the best people out there? And should we truly partner with those folks? And then start identifying who those folks are. So say, you know, say you're a creative agency 
really good at branding, but a part of the proposal involves like SEO or web design, right? And then you start to look for the folks who are in your network who might be able to recommend somebody to you because then they have a skill that you don't have and then you don't have to fake it, right? You don't have to go after just finding somebody who you can add to your team to make it look good, but it's really about finding these experts and agencies that have that experience. I think that's that's probably the easiest way. Do it where there's needs, where people can act a little faster, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it takes the pressure off of you to have to try to fill the seats on the bus, right? right? To manage right. them, to have that overhead, to make sure you have projects for them all the time exactly. so that you're not hemorrhaging cash flow. Exactly. And going back to the root of all of this with your marketing strategy for your agency, it's about focusing on your customer. So if you can't solve that problem for them, but you know someone else who can, bring them in, help collaborate on a full package solution, even if you're not implementing all of it, is what I'm hearing you say, Jeff, would you add to that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, what's even funnier is I actually had a client in my office earlier this week and... I, I had this idea and, and I was walking her through it. Her natural instincts were to say, oh, you should just do that on your own. <laughs> I was like, no, this is perfect to partner with somebody on. But it's just funny how your natural instincts tell you, you should do it solo. You know, you, you want to own the whole thing. And and my approach is always, I can do a much better job if I bring in the right cast of characters, Right. Why do you think it is so easy to default to doing it yourself? It's the, I think it's the mindset of a creative entrepreneur, right? Like if you started an agency, it's because you wanted to own something. And so every action you take that goes against ownership just naturally creates way too much friction and it doesn't feel comfortable. And so I think the minute they rub up against that, they say, nope, don't want to do that. I'm the boss. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. put myself in a position where I'm not seen as the boss or I don't feel like the boss. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting perspective. Do you think that ties into an owner's ability to delegate at all? I think so. And that's, that's a, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. And, and as we know, working with owners, and I'm sure any owners may be shaking their heads when I say this, but they're not the best delegators, right? Like they keep stuff really close to the vest. Um, just naturally. And, and that's something that they have to break as they scale their agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think it's because delegation comes through building trust, knowing that it'll get done right. Mm-hmm. There's a balancing act that has to occur, right? You, you build trust by seeing the outcomes at the same time, people do things differently too. So the outcome is not going to be identical. And it could right. actually be better than the outcome you can produce if you're willing to pass it off and, and give it a try. But to agency owners out there, you know, both Jeff and I, I think can, can say this in, you would really help your agency coach out if you would delegate more, <laughs> because then we can talk through other ideas and how you can work on your business more than working in your business, right. because even all this marketing stuff that we're talking about right now, that's working in your business too. Once you've set up the system, your agency marketing program becomes a function of working in your business, not working on it. So you need to consider that too. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say on that note, Jeff? 
you summed it up as funny as you were talking. I was like, wow, she did a really good job of summing up exactly what I was thinking. I, I can't add to that. That, that was a great summary. Well, what's one of the biggest takeaways that you wish agency owners would implement starting tomorrow? I think it's, and I, I led with this, but I, I think it's really about thought leadership. I think increasingly what we're going to have to see is you're going to have to stand for something and have a perspective. And so when I show up at your website or I meet you out at a networking event or wherever, I have to understand what you are the best at or close mm-hmm. to the best at. And and if you can't prove that through like repeated examples of, of why you're so good, then then you're almost like a me too. So I think it's going to be around thought leadership. You just have to, you have to have it. In taking a stance on something, you know that I'm an advocate of niching in an industry vertical. Are there Mm -hmm. other ways that an agency can take a stance that you've seen to be successful? Yeah, I think just like you said, you could do that. You can look at categories, you know, different categories. Uh, You're looking at the industries, you can even look at the customer, right? It's really, you can start specializing in just that customer, whether it's a demographic, um, but you know, it's really about starting with the customer. We'll go back there, really looking at the customer and saying to yourself, what are the pains they have? What keeps them up at night? And really and, creating yeah. your content to solve those problems. Yeah. And what are their stances? I mean, yeah. right. If you can align your agency's stance with their stance, that's what they're looking for. They're looking to be understood. They're looking for a partner that's going to be an extension of them. So mm-hmm. if you can align on that shared stance, you'll be more successful than being just kind of trying to be anyways, everything to everyone. It's just not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one believes that, right? When someone meets an agency that has 10, 20, 30 people, or even more, and no one starts to believe that you, the the list of 30 things on your website, no one believes you can do all that. It's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing any final thoughts you'd like to give as we round out today. My, my final thought is really, and I'm trying to hammer this home, but I, I really feel like uh, thought leadership is, is where agencies are going to have to rest their head, uh, you know, because there's too many, there's too many me too agencies. And, and definitely, you know, as I see agencies go after proposals, after RFPs, which I'm not a big fan of, but when I see them going, oftentimes, you know, I don't see that too much difference between them and other agencies. And, and that's really because they haven't put out any thought leadership. And so, they're kind of saying all the things they expect the client wants to hear. Mm. Uh, so, I, so I think it's really about, hey, you have to have a perspective and you have to own some some space that mm-hmm. matters to your client. Let's drill into that for just a moment before mm-hmm. we wrap up, because what it sounds like you're saying is if you're submitting RFPs and trying to just... um tickle the ear of the client to win the proposal, then you've actually kind of lost your identity as an agency and your purpose a little bit. Mm -hmm. But what you really need to focus on is positioning yourself with a stance, with a focus, so that you are the ideal option and you're not competing with 10 other agencies on an RFP. Is that a pretty accurate assertion? 
Yeah, I think once your proposal lands on their doorstep, they have to open it up and say, I'm going to completely make this up. But if you're if you're a school and you open it up and all of a sudden there's an agency that says, we're the agency for liberal arts schools in the Northeast or whatever it is, right? Probably, probably not that defined, but you know, all of a sudden they're like, all right, we're putting this in this pile because they obviously get us and they could probably show us some things we're not even thinking about. And then they'll look mm-hmm. at some other folks to to add to the list, but you've definitely made it to the next round if you really speak to who they are and what they care about. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can craft custom, not custom, but like unique services to that specific customer base that mm-hmm. other agencies don't offer because you know them so well. Right. So if you service only dental agencies, you can craft an offering for training the front office staff on how to answer phone calls and book appointments mm-hmm. that another agency that still does SEO and websites and social media isn't going to offer. And that's going to elevate you in the, in the consideration stage when clients are looking at you. Yeah. Really good point. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Jeff, Actually going to round it out now. Thank you for sharing a little bit more. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your brain, sharing your wisdom with us today. It's been a true treat. Thank you. Thank you for having me. A couple of key takeaways that I really want to hammer in for Jeff. We'll start with a focus on thought leadership. Thought leadership is the driving factor for your agency's biz dev system. You need to make sure that you take a stance that you clarify what that means to the audience and how it's going to impact their business. And then use that same stance to identify ways to enhance your marketing programs and your offerings for existing customers, increase the revenue that you're generating from um, monthly retainers, or even if you're doing project-based services, you can get repeat customers by refining those, adding products and services that are of interest to your audience. The other really key takeaway is to focus on having a collaborative mindset rather than competitive mindset. Look for other service providers that help the same kind of niche audience or customer base that you work with and collaborate with them. View opportunities where there's gaps in the uh, offerings that you can provide to clients as opportunities to partner with other agencies as well. Build that ecosystem of referrals and build yourself with a stance in an industry. That's all for today on Recalibre Agency. I'm your host, Danielle Photo. Cheers until next time.